Welcome and thank you for listening to the CRC podcast brought to you by Pastor Ad Boschel. We believe that God is working across this platform to bring each and every believer revival throughout their entire lives. We hope you are inspired by this week's message. Open your Bibles to John chapter 4. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and you'll find John, Johannes, Phil. <laughs> and I want to talk to you very briefly for a couple of hours. No. Worshipping in spirit and truth. God spoke to me, and I don't say this easily, a few times in my life. Not like some of you, every day God tells you something different. And um, said to me that this revival before the return of Jesus Christ, because we're living in tough times, many challenges, more challenges facing humanity now than ever before. Crises upon crises, plural, crises, that are facing us. Africa, I believe it's the time of Africa, not to patronize you as an African, black or white or Asian, I don't care, you're an African. Don't believe what some people say, you're not an African because you're white. You were born here, your mother was born here, your grandmother was born here, your great-grandmother, that you're an African. I don't care how you got, come on, say amen. Say amen, all of you can say amen tonight, okay? It's time for Africa to stand up. Some leaders are standing up and they refuse to be controlled and manipulated by um, other powers that have agendas attached to funding programs in Africa. So they want to sell their agenda, whatever it is, ungodly, with support. Now Africa, listen, has enough resources. South Africa has enough resources. I pray that God raises up leaders in this country that will take this country back and that will take this country and lead it so all the people of South Africa and Africa can be blessed. That we will not be dictated to by powers outside of South Africa and outside of Africa. Amen. South Africa is as sovereign as Canada. We are a sovereign state and we do not have to bow to a colonial spirit. Say amen. So we need leaders that are not corrupt. Leaders that will not bow to money. You know, no leader can be corrupt if there's not money on offer. So people fund their programs and and corrupt our leaders. We need righteous people. That's why I believe Christians Radical Christians like Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, not that they were Christian, but they followed God, Joseph, Jesus, the early church, who did not sell out to the world. And if you're not a sellouter, God is going to raise you to the top. God's hand is going to come upon your life and God's going to exalt you. God's going to promote you so that you can be a difference maker. Come on, young person. You're a revolutionary on the campus, but you have a wrong cause. You need a better cause. You need the cause of Jesus Christ a cause of justice and a cause of righteousness without wanting to destroy anything in the process because whatever you burn somebody else has to go and build so the only fire we want is holy ghost fire say amen okay so the devil is not that clever and he's not that powerful 
So when Jesus moves through His church, things are going to be set in order. There's no other way. God's kingdom will bring order. But first, we have to get our lives in order and be people that live for the glory of God, not for our glory. That the highest goal in your life is that you will live for the glory of your Creator. Not for the glory of anything else, whether you're a rugby player, soccer player, cricket player, baseball player, that you will live for the glory of God as a businessman, that your goal will be to glorify God. Then you have to quantify that. Because it's very easy to say, I live for the glory of God, but what does that look like? And we want to break it down in these worship revival nights. So John chapter 4 in the Amplified Bible, 22 to 24, Jesus talking to that Samaritan woman had five husbands. He doesn't judge her, condemn her. He has a conversation about worship and relationship with God. And in verse 22, he says, You Samaritans do not know what you worship. We Jews do know what, not who, we worship. was a religion for salvation. is from the Jews. But the time is coming and is already here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit from the heart, the inner self. There's a time I went to church as a child and I worshiped God, um, not from the inner self because I had no relationship with Jesus Christ. I searched the scriptures. Jesus talks about that. I think in John chapter five, he says, you search the scriptures for therein you think you have life, but you do not come to me that you may find life. In John 14, 6, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. 1 John chapter 5, he says, He that has the Son has life. He that does not have the Son of God does not have life. I had religion for many, many years. Elke hand gebid, Heere, vergewe my genadigelik, al my sonnes in my naam zon vol. Geen verhouding met die Heere gehad nie. Zero. Kon Johannes 3 vers 16 kwateer. Wie van julle kan daarmee identificeer? How many of you can relate to that? Come on. Come on. Oh, the rest of you never went to church. Thank God you're saved now. Amen. He says, um, The time is coming already here when true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit from the heart, the inner self, and in truth. Spirit and truth. So from your heart, your inner self, truth, your mind, listen, your will, your will, your intellect, and your emotion. <laughs> Let's not talk about emotion, okay? Um, I think some of you must love your wife the way you love God. Let's see how your marriage is going to go. Because you're treating God as this object that has no emotion and feeling. Now start treating your wife like that. Let's see how your marriage goes. God is more real than your wife. God is love. God has more emotion because you were created in the image of God. You were designed by God to love God with your mind, with your will, with your intellect, with your heart. As a matter of fact, Jesus says in Matthew 22, He says, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. So your, your soul has your will, your emotion, and your intellect involved. So you have to make an intelligent decision that I will worship God, that He is who I want. Not religiously, not by the way. And you love Him with your emotion. That's why our praise and worship is expressive, as in the Bible. I mean, I grew up stiltekerk. I grew up reserved. I grew up believing that silence equals holiness. Listen, I was drunk too often and silent to know that silence has nothing 
to do with holiness because sometimes your silence means you are sullen and you are sulking. Come on. The Bible says, make the Bible, not me, not CLC. The Bible says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. The Bible says, serve the Lord with gladness. The Bible says, come before His presence with singing. The Bible says, clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. That's what the Bible says. Now, if your son is running in athletics, that wife of yours that claims to be so conservative, she'll be running next to the athletic tracks and say, You know, and, and then you feel all embarrassed because I was there by kids who were swimmers and uh, uh, Noretta would sit conservatively until the kids began to swim. I was too embarrassed. I would go, go sit on the pavilion, hide, pray for them. But then the, I think, near my my frony, near, 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 near. I can eat I means, even I means for honor. As he cannot swim for honor, I means. So when you get into God, if you get into God's presence, you can't be the same. You cannot be touched by Jesus and stay dead. You cannot be touched by Jesus and stay silent. You cannot be touched by Jesus and your emotions do not come alive. You cannot be touched by Jesus and you do not express your love back to Jesus Christ. It is a natural response. It is not a a, a workup response. It's how we are called to worship God, to engage in spirit and truth. Spirit, your heart, truth, your mind, your entire mind. I'll go back to your marriage. Tell your wife every day, actually for you. Who can it work? For one day, leave you. And I'll call you and say, "Hello, my Winky. Come, 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 come." You watch people when they talk to their dogs. Okay, some of you don't like dogs. I'm a dog lover. Okay. And I've got a dog, okay? I mean, it's a duke. He's the duke. I call him duke, but he is the duke. Um, I mean, I, you know, I talked to him and those years go flat. And I say, duke. Dukey. And if he messes up, like before I came to church tonight, I say, duke. No, I didn't. <laughs> so, uh, listen now. For... For the Father, for the Father seeks. The Father seeks. You know, God doesn't need anything, but we need to worship Him. God is looking for people to bless. God is looking to pour out His Spirit on individuals. The Bible says in 2 Chronicles 16 verse 9, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to look for those whose hearts are perfect towards Him. God doesn't look on the outward appearance because otherwise it would be a religion. He doesn't look for a performance or a show. He looks for hearts that are focused towards Him, hearts in love with Him. So yeah, the Bible says God seeks such people, people, what people? Those who worship Him in spirit and truth, mean, meaning those who lose themselves in worship, those who lose uh, worship Him unrestrainedly. God is a spirit. Listen, the source of life. Everybody say this tonight. Say God. No, I said everybody say God is the source of life. Say it again. God is the source of life. 
Say it again, God is the source of life. So when you see God and you find God, what will you find? You will find life, Zoe. So people have a lot of problems and challenges and they don't seek Him, they seek the answer. They seek the blessing. We, we, we're not called to seek a blessing. We are called to seek the source, the source of life. We are called to seek Him. We are called to love Him in the good times and in the bad times. We are called to worship Him while we're in the valley or out of the valley. We are called to worship Him whether we are on a mountaintop or in a deep valley. We are called to worship Him in times of victory and in times of defeat. We are called to worship Him when we go through tragedy and when we experience triumph. God is seeking people to worship Him. And I've spoken about this, to worship God in your pain or through your pain. When you, when you go through pain like Job, the most important thing you can do is to keep your worship and to continue to worship God and to lift your hands to God. That's a sacrifice. And to say, Lord, you are good and your mercy endures forever. I really do believe that if your heart, if our hearts return to the place of worship, there's going to be a release. There's going to be a breakthrough. There's going to be a move of God. You will not have to ask God to bless you. You will not have to ask God to open a door for you. If you will, if you will just see God and you will find God and you're going to find God with an open hand, you're going to find the glory of God. You're to find the goodness of God because that's what God said to Moses. You follow me and my goodness will follow you. That's what God says to David. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of my life. But the psalm starts with the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. That means you follow the good shepherd. You walk after the good shepherd. You chase the good shepherd. So we saw this morning, he's a reward of those who diligently seek him. Those who chase after God, who run after God, who make worshiping God their top priority. Now we understand worship is more than singing songs. It's a, it's a life that you live devoted to God. Spirit, soul and body. Amen. That He's the center of it all. So He's, he's the source of life. Listen, He's invisible to mankind, but He's real. How many of you can say that? Amen. I mean, the wind is invisible, but the wind is real. Electricity, when it works, is invisible, but it's real. We know it now. <laughs> and those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. So um, our calling for eternity, listen, is going to be to worship God. So you better get uh, uh, with Heaven's program. To worship Him as our God. To worship Him as the way, the truth, and the life. To worship Him in spirit and truth. You decide. Not your friend, not your wife, not your husband. You decide. You decide with G whether Jesus is worthy of it all. You decide to be a God chaser. You decide. It's like people want a breakthrough and they expect God to get off the throne and for God to come and do something for them. Listen, God's already positioned Himself 2,000 years ago. He took His seat on the throne and Jesus is seated at His right hand and He sent the Holy Ghost, which we are going to celebrate during Pentecost to see what the Holy Spirit came to do. So God is not going to take one step towards you because God is exactly where He has to be. He's positioned on the throne of grace. It's up to you now to enter in. It's up to you now to draw near by the blood of Jesus Christ. It's up to you now to enter the Holy of Holies. You have the choice to enter the presence of God. He says, come. 
He calls you, come. The Spirit and the, and the Lord says, come. He calls the bride to come. He calls the believers to come. He calls you into the throne room of grace. It's your choice whether you will come, like you receive an invitation for a dinner. Whether you accept it or not is your choice. It's not going to cancel the dinner. So this celebration will not be canceled because you don't take the invitation. This revival will not be canceled because you don't accept the invitation. You have to make up your mind that He's worthy of it all. You have to make up your mind, I am going to pursue Him. You have to make up your mind to give up something to get yourself in the presence of God. Because God has positioned Himself on a throne of grace. And He says, let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find help in a time of need. It's up to us, family, sitting in all our churches. Up to you, young person. The dreams that you have, you will find them through pursuing God. He's the source of knowledge. He is the source of wisdom. He is the source of inspiration. He is your length. He is your life and the length of your days. He holds your future. He numbers your days. He knows what tomorrow holds. And He wants to lead you and guide you into all truth. But yes, the key. You have to do first things first. And that is, you have to be a worshiper where you get yourself into God's presence and you love on God and you spend time to thanking for what God has done and not treat God as this foreign object or this distant individual because He's not. He is your Father. Still today, my daughters and my son sitting in Johannesburg will run to me. When they walk into the lounge, when they come into my house, the first person they greet is me. I taught them since they were small, I said, you see your daddy, you come running. They still come and put their arms around me and love me. Now they bring the grandkids. There are now 500 of them, amen. They're like rabbits. They're producing um, like, uh, no, they're blessed. Let me put it like that. And when I see again, there's another baby. And Angelique is very good at that. Yes, Akalia, dad. Push Akalia. Have Akalia. Have Akalia. Akalia. I come in here tonight and Akalia's got her little hands up like this and she runs to me. Okay? Because that's a natural response. When, when you know God and the character of God, you don't keep your distance. You don't worship Him from afar. You draw into His presence like Moses. And when you draw into God's presence, He makes His ways known to you. He reveals the secret things to you. Israel worshiped from a different di di distance. Moses did what? The Bible says he drew, drew near. When, when the cloud of God's glory descended, what did Moses do? He drew into the presence of God. He ran into the presence of God. And what happened? God revealed His character. And when he discovered God's character, he saw God's not a God of judgment. God is not a God that is out to get you. But he, God passed by him and God said, The Lord, merciful and gracious, a, a God who keeps a covenant to a thousand generations, a God who is full of goodness. Come on, show me your glory. God said, I will make my goodness pass before you. When you find God, you are going to find mercy. When you find God, you are going to find the grace of God. You are going to find the love of God. And if that doesn't win you over, nothing is going to win you over. Because the Bible says we love God because God first loved us. Listen, I loved my children long before they knew who I was. When they came out of Narita's womb, I grabbed them. I offered to God I loved them. I only, they only discovered me at the age of two. But I loved them before they loved me. And they had no option but to love me because they, all they encountered when they, when, when they met me was love, love, 
love, love. And I told him, you're beautiful, you're gorgeous, you are amazing. And hugged them and kissed them. Now still, I do not that. I love them. I mean, if that's human nature, and we were created in God's image, how should we be in our relationship with God? Not the stereotype and uh, conservative. Hands in the air, which we are called to do as worship, is a response to our Father. This it means surrender. This means adoration. Like any little child, when they come to a parent, what do they do? They run like this. If, if, if a child sees the parent come and the child runs away, or the child does this, it's obviously that that child has been abused by the parent. So the child is afraid. Well, God hasn't abused us, has He? No. God is not out to judge us, is He? No. So why do you restrain yourself? Because you have a wrong picture of who God is. You've been taught by tradition, by religion. And that's exactly what Jesus came to dispel. He came to dispel the, the, the myth that God is a God of judgment. Yes, He is. But we're living in a dispensation of grace and He represents God now as a Father. We are not orphans. We are not um, uh, uh, beggars. We've been adopted into the family of God and now we can come worship freely. We have relationships. Say amen in Jesus' name. Come on. So 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 and 10, the Bible says, You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light, who once were not a people, now are the people of God, who have not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Hebrews 13, verse 50, the Bible says, Therefore by Him, by Jesus, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. That means sacrifice involves something coming out of your mouth when you don't feel like it. The Bible says, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. The Bible says, we have to offer a sacrifice of praise. Come on, is there somebody in this place in Cape Town, in Potsdam, in Port Elizabeth, somewhere tonight, and you are ready to offer a sacrifice of praise because He is worthy, because your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Hallelujah. And you are not going to be ashamed if they can clap for the IPL team and they can clap for Great College and they can clap for the Springboks and they can clap for everything else. Why can we not clap for Jesus Christ who defeated Satan and who has risen from the grave? Come on, young person. You were not conservative in the club last night. Last night you party. Tonight you're going to give Him true praise and worship without any alcohol in your body. So when God delivered Israel from Egypt, it was for this purpose that they may worship God. God says to Moses again and again, Go tell Pharaoh to let my people go that they may worship me. So God saved you for the primary purpose that you may worship Him. Not just live a life of destiny. But that, but, 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 but that the worship of Jesus remains central to your life. The higher you go, those 24 elders we saw last week in heaven, great leaders, we have many crowns. When the multitudes worship Jesus who sits upon the throne, they cast their crowns before Him and they say, you are worthy. Throughout the book of Revelation, it says, it talks about the climate in heaven. How people rest not day and night, but they give glory to the one who sits upon the throne. Well, if they do it in heaven, we should dare do it down here on earth. Amen. 
because we are part of the family Paul says in heaven we are going to worship God we, we're not going to die or not die uh, uh, move from this life to another life and suddenly get a shock we are called to worship God heaven is not this quiet place go read your Bible heaven is a place filled with glory and grace heaven is a place that's amazing where there's no pain no tear uh, where we the presence of God is 24-7 and Jesus taught us to pray for His kingdom to come, His will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. So if they worship God in heaven, we should better get busy worshiping God down here. Not worshiping our culture and worshiping these stupid social agendas that is forced down people's throat and this rubbish that is now being put into the classrooms of our school and this hate bill speech they want to pass in parliament. Listen, TV viewers, I love you. It's a great honor to have you with us. Worship Him. God loves you. God bless you. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, give them a hand clap as they go. It's like we are called, we think as Christians, we just should be silent about everything. Do you understand if this hate speech bill is passed? You cannot say anything. Huh? I've engaged with some politicians that don't even understand the extent of the bill. If you say anything from the Bible and it offends somebody, they can take you to court. That's how foolish it's become in this country, which is supposedly a Christian country. So you better think who you're voting for next year. If they don't honor God and glorify God, you don't give them a vote. You don't give them the time of day. I don't care who they are. If they cannot glorify God as, a, as leaders, you don't give them the time of day, church. Listen. Oh, give a better hand clap than that because you're worshiping your political party. You should be worshiping Jesus because political parties will come and go. But of the increase of His kingdom, there shall be no end. That's why as Christians, we have to arise and stand on the Word of God and vote according to the Word of God and turn a deaf ear to every politician that violates the Bible, that confuses our children concerning their sexual identity. We should turn a deaf ear to everybody as the church because the church has power but the church has been taught to be silent and to roll over but it's going to change because the Christians will stand up the Christians will not be ashamed the Christians will not be sidelined in the name of Jesus Christ and we will see the righteous govern this country say amen in Jesus name and vote with your intellect not your emotions Study the manifesto of every political party. If they have no honor and respect for God, don't vote for them. Don't give them the time of day. I don't care who they are, what color they wear. So many of them are aligned with these uh, Western powers that are confusing our young people. We will change the education. God will raise up the right people that will protect our children. Come on, Africa. I said, come on in Jesus' name. We won't allow their foolishness to flood our education as it's busy. Funded from Western countries. And our leaders in this country are too weak to oppose it. But we see those standing up in Kenya, Uganda, Rwanda, Ghana, people in Africa pushing back, saying Africa has different values. Africa will not sell out. Africa will protect her children. Africa will protect the culture of the family. Come on, in Jesus' name. We don't give in to that pressure because it's ungodly.
They don't listen to clever talks. They violate the word of God. You give them no time of day. Zero. Because they'll pollute your children. So uh, I'm almost finished. Jesus said, I come quickly. It's 2,000 years and he's not back. So <laughs> just um, in the vein of my Savior, I'm, I'm almost finished. So um, in the message Bible, I just want to read that John chapter 4 again. He says, it's who you are and the way you live, young person. No heavy revy. It's who you are and the way you live that counts before God. It's who you are and how you live that counts before God. Because God doesn't sleep, doesn't judge you, but He wants you to live right. Because living right is part of your worship, presenting your body as a living sacrifice. Right, your body? Say amen. And get quiet now when I speak truth. Don't live with one foot in the world, one foot in the church. You have to get both your feet in the church. Amen. And, and, and those things you're battling with, come lay them down on the presence of God. Those addictions. Those things that are destroying your soul. You need to lay them. Well, you don't even have to. You have to lay yourself in the presence of God. And He will take away those things. Change the desire. Amen. Set your soul on fire. Say amen. And the Bible says, say amen all the time in heaven. It means so be it. Or you can say hallelujah, glory to God, as they do in heaven all the time. He says, your worship, listen, must engage your spirit and in your pursuit of truth. What truth? Not suddenly the truth that people now want to propagate through social media and populist opinions of the day and rewrite the Bible. No, truth that is founded in a person, in the source of life, who is Jesus Christ and the Word of God that hasn't changed. This generation has not suddenly become so complicated that we have to change the Word of God to reach them. We have to be more radical in the Word of God and preaching the Gospel of Jesus Christ to reach this young generation. Because a watered down version of the Gospel will save nobody. Because the Gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. So He says your worship must engage your spirit in the pursuit of truth. What truth? God's truth, God's truth above your culture, God's truth above your tradition, God's truth above your political persuasion. I've sat with every political leader in this country, every one of them, every single one of them. And I asked them one thing, where does God fit in your manifesto? Where does God fit in? Because any leader that does not bow to a higher power is a disaster waiting to happen because total power corrupts totally. If they cannot acknowledge that there is a higher power that they have to give account to, then corruption and abuse is inevitable. I don't care what the name of the political party. If there's no submission to a higher power, are you listening? So, so, 
the agendas that people propagate as truth is so far from the truth that any person with half a brain cell can see that this is ludicrous. That suddenly nobody knows what a man is, nobody knows what a woman is, nobody can define motherhood. Suddenly everybody is confused about basic biology. How in the world is that possible? Are you quiet? Because what, uh, what people are propagating now is becoming your truth. And I'm not anti anybody, let me make it very clear. I have compassion for those who wrestle with certain things and people that are going through certain things. But your journey should not define my reality and should not define society and should not push society in a certain direction. I accept your difference. I love you where you are. I will not judge you. I will not criticize you. But you are not reforming all society and confusing all our children because of what you believe. No. We still believe that the family is the basis of society. We still believe in a godly father, a godly mother, raising children. Come on, say amen. We still believe that God has called us and designed us and created us as we are because this confused ideology is confusing our young people beyond belief and it's time for the church to be vocal not to be homophobic not to stand against people not to call or call people out no i said it i will love you where you are i respect you whatever you are wherever you are is is your journey with god just this the young man that is fornicating or the guy struggling with drugs whatever it is that you are going through that's your journey but i'll tell you we need to protect our country we need to protect our values we need to protect our morals we need to protect our education say amen in jesus oh come on say amen I mean, how did we get to certain states in America that want a 40-week abortion? That a child is not a child, even after the child is out of the mother's womb, that the mother can decide whether she wants the child or not. How can that even be deemed as truth? How? How can we go so far that we do not even respect the basis of creation? Why are you so quiet? Has this other foolishness overtaken you? I know I'm standing on some of your toes, but I will stand on your toes. God may heal it if you repent. But you are not going to come and, 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 and bring confusion to an entire generation. We will stand against it. We will stand against these political leaders. We will stand against them. And Facebook can block me. I have a near sark with Facebook. In Jesus' name, we preach the truth and we love everybody. Let me say it. We love everybody. We're not anti anything. But we're not going to have a minority that's comma zero zero something percent bring an agenda that is now that should become truth to all of us. No. No. Our truth is God's word. And that truth is rooted in mercy, in love, in grace, not in judgment, not in calling the adulterer out or calling the fornicator out or calling anybody out. No. 
but in loving the person and helping the person through the crisis. Amen. I mean, they, they, they're talking in Canada. No, that pedophilia is, is an inclination and they're looking at that it's a medical condition. As he malman, luister, jy moet met my kleinkind kom mors, luister vir my baie mooi. Jy gaan meer as een kopdokter nodig, jy laat ek vir jou baie, baie, baie vinnig sê. Want... Why don't we want to say it as it is? You molest a child and suddenly it's a medical condition. It's not a medical condition, it's evil. It's from the pits of hell. It's Satan personified and should be dealt with harshly. Cannot be tolerated. A woman that is raped is unacceptable. Our basis of truth is, thank God you're not under the old covenant. Because under the old covenant, if you raped a woman, you would be stoned and killed. Not only you, but the trace of your bloodline. So genetically, there would not be a bunch of rapists produced. All of you would be obliterated from the earth. So. So what's this got to do with worship? Absolutely everything because your basis has to be truth. And truth is, is full of love and grace. Truth is the Word of God. Not a state of confusion. It's coming to Him as I, coming to Him where I am as I am without telling God who I am. He knows who I am. He made me. He created me. And whatever battle you go through, God is there for you and we are there for you as a church. I'm talking about our country and Africa because I thank God that some of our leaders in this continent has grown a spine and they are refusing the agendas of the West and they are refusing to promote certain agendas for the sake of money. Think, man, think. People take more money out of Africa than they suppose that uh, little grants they give Africa. They take trillions out of this continent. Trillions. Amen. There's enough gas fines around. So I've got all the facts, man. I sat with the Minister of Energy. I've got, I can tell you everything. Where the oil are, the oil that's been sold, the blocks that have been sold, people don't like me because I speak the truth. There's so much oil, so much gas, so much everything in this country of South Africa. How do we even have one person poor? Because we do not have righteous people. The Bible says when the righteous are in rulership, the people have reason to rejoice. They've sold this country out. We need leaders that will take this country back, take the resources back for the benefit of the people of South Africa. That's social justice, my brother. Not a few elitists getting wealthy, but the people of this country, all the people, the poor. So let's talk about the issues that matter. That matters to Africa. Poverty matters. Crime matters. Safety of women and children matter. Policing matters. Electricity matters. Those are the things that matter. Don't come with the other foolish things. That has got nothing to do with the challenges we face. We know who we are. You don't have to come with your agenda and try and confuse us. We reject it emphatically. I state it emphatically. This Africa is a tight. 
Ja, dus Afrikaanse tijd. Ik zeg dus Afrikaanse tijd. Dus Afrikaanse tijd. Dit betekent dus jouw tijd. Dus jouw oomlik. Come on, you all know what I understood. Don't act like you don't know what I said because I said something in Afrikaans. I said it's Africa's time. It's Africa's time. It's your time to rise up. It's your time to stand up. It's your time to show up. It's your time to shine up. It's your time. Listen, your voice matters. You're not an accident. But you have to pursue the truth who is a person. And when you find the truth, all confusion leaves. All of it leaves. So our calling is unto Him, for Him, and to live lives for His glory. Colossians 1.16 says, For by Him all things were created that are in heaven and are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through Him and for Him. Say it tonight, say, I was created by God and for God. I don't care how you got here, you were created by God and you were created for God. And you're exactly who you're supposed to be. <laughs> Put your hand on your chest. Just do this for me tonight, please. Say, I love me. I know it's bad English, but it will stick. Say it again. Say, I love me. Say it again. I love me. Why is that important? Because if you don't love me, you love nobody else. He says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. So you have to stop thinking there's something wrong with you. You have to stop thinking, I should have been a man. I should have been a woman. You have to stop thinking, I should have been black. I should have been white. You have to stop criticizing yourself. You have to stop looking at yourself and saying, my nose is too long. Listen, look at my ears. My mother always said, you've got ears for rapture. Like it's like a scarp ura. That's fine, I love my ears. At least they can hook me and get me to heaven very quickly while they struggle to find your ears, okay? That's fine. You, you love yourself because God made you perfect, beautiful and wonderful. Fearfully, you're God's creation. How can you criticize yourself? How can you talk down on yourself if God loves you, if God made you, if God created you? How can you not accept who you are? The Bible says He created you. Uh, the reason you feel the way you are is because you don't know why you were created. You don't understand your purpose. So if you understand your purpose, you will embrace your purpose. You will love God where you are. You may be living in a squatter camp, but you will love God. And as you seek God, God will change things in your life. But if you run with the crowd and the gang, you may be never going to get where God has called you to go. I also ran with a gang, a crowd, when I got saved. And I had to leave them. I left them. I got saved and I left them. I went back to all of them and told them about Jesus. Not one of them were interested. My girlfriend at the time, I told her I found Jesus. She looked at me like I was talking Spanish. She said, what? I said, I found Jesus. She said, huh? I said, I found Jesus. She said, do you mean we're not going to kiss anymore? I said, Yes, I found Jesus. Come to church. She came to church. She looked at it like this. She thought, that's not my deal. I want to party. I said, okay, you party. I'll party with Jesus. Amen. You make up your mind to party with Him and you leave the world behind yourself. Because when you find your Creator, then um, every other attraction loses its power. So, um, 
Revelation chapter 4, last scripture, he says, The four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within. And they do not rest day or night, saying, Holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty, who was and is, and is to come the whole earth, or whenever the living creatures give glory and honour and thanks to Him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 hours fall down before Him who sits on the throne and worship Him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honour and power, for You created all things, and by Your will they exist and were created. Family, there's a lot of voices talking to us. There's a lot of agendas. You go to university, you, you get taught certain things. You, people say things, your friends say things. Um, I had friends as well. People look at us and they think we never had friends as young people. I think our friends were much closer than you people because all you are are on cell phones. You don't know what it is to connect. We connected. We ran together like this. No distractions. We fought together. We played together. We did absolutely everything together. We were connected. And in that, Jesus saved me. In that, I found Jesus Christ. When I was the furthest away from God, I found my Saviour. And He changed everything in my life and filled my heart with a desire to worship Him and pursue Him. I don't know where you are tonight, but I want to encourage you to become a worshipper of God, to realise that you were created by God and for God, and that you will start this journey pursuing Him where you are. And all you have to do is come as you are. Just love Him where you are. I like to share this testimony of this girl that has been an usher in the church in Bloomingdale for so long that came to church as a, as a, and she just shared it this week because it's a fresh testimony. I might have a share it in Bloomingdale when I'm there. Um, and because it's a story of what our church is all about. Not about a great man or a great this or that, but about a great God that people are actually those who come and they see God, their lives change. God impregnates them with visions and dreams. And she was one of those that had no dream, no vision, hopeless from a background, a disadvantaged background. And she climbed on one of the buses and came to church and started hearing me preaching. And a dream came into her heart. I want to be a doctor. And she studied harder from being an average child to being an A-grade student and went through university while she was serving in the Red Brigade. While she was serving, keeping a love for God's house, worshiping God every Sunday. And this week she made her post proud, thanking CRC for the journey and the messages she was taught. And now she's qualified as a doctor. Hallelujah. Come on, give God the glory, I'll tell you. I don't care where you are. I don't care what your background. I don't care how down you are. If you will worship God, if you will chase God, God's going to get a hold of you. God's going to take a shepherd boy. God's going to anoint you. God's going to appoint you. God's going to connect you with your design. And God's going to exalt you. God is going to promote you as you worship God in the difficult times, as you worship God while you study. There's no telling what God is going to do with your life. Come on, worship Him. Worship Him. Be a worshipper of God. Be somebody that acknowledges, I was created by God. I'm created for God, for God's glory. I'm not willing to lose that for anything else. I'm going to be a God chaser. 
If my best friend only stays in church for two years, I'm not dropping out with him. I'm going to keep on running after God. I'm sure if you talk to this girl, she will tell you there are many that started with me and they dropped out in the race. But I kept on returning. I kept on worshiping. I kept on thanking God. And my dream became a reality. And I'll tell you, it's not the end of her journey. She's going to specialize and God's going to take a higher and the favor of God will be upon her and God's going to take a higher. As I'll tell you, your journey has not come to an end. No matter how great your life has been, God wants to take you further. God wants to take you higher. But you have to come again and lay yourself in the presence of God unreservedly. You have to come and lay every area of your life in the presence of God and you're going to watch what God is going to do. He's going to breathe new life into your bones, life into your heart. He's going to put fire in your bones. He's going to restore your sight. He's going to restore your hearing and you are going to run for God. You will do great exploits for God. Come on pastors, your days are not over. Your best days are ahead of you, but you've got to seek the source of life because that's what God said. He is seeking those who will worship Him in spirit and in truth. Your God is the source of your life. The God is the source of your life. Your God is the source of your future. Your God is the source of your existence. Your God is the source of your wisdom. Your God is the source of your energy. Your God is the source of your vision and your dream. Your God will take you higher and higher and further and further and you should be one of those that are unstoppable. Come hell or high water. Come opposition. Come betrayal. No matter what comes against you. If God is for you, who can be against you? But you make up your mind to get your eyes off your man or I mean off men or friends of opposition and you get your eyes back on God because the Bible says the hills and the mountains will melt like wax at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the Lord as you lay yourself in the presence of God this week and the weeks that lie ahead the opposition will crumble, the hills and the mountains will melt I prophesy it in the name of Jesus sickness and disease will disappear from your body the chains of depression will be broken, the chains of addiction will be broken and it's not a man that's going to do it. It is the presence and the power of God that will do it. Because when God shows up, life shows up. When God shows up, life shows up. When God shows up, life shows up. The Zoe life of God shows up that will permeate your being, your soul, your body, your mind, every area of your life. When God shows up, then the very life of God shows up and the presence of God will not leave you where He finds you. He will take you. He will make you. He will lift you. He will refresh you. He will restore you. He will revive you. Oh, but you've got to make up your mind. I'm going to love this God. I'm going to get to know this God. I'm going to worship this God. I'm going to draw you to the presence of God because as you draw closer to God, God's going to draw closer to you. As you pursue God, you are going to see different angles of His personality. You're going to get to know more attributes of your Father and you're going to love Him more. And as you love Him more, you're going to see more. And you're going to love Him more. And as you get closer to Him, you're going to see more of His goodness, of His grace, of His kindness, of all the attributes like those angels, the cherubim that fly around the, the throne of God. Every time they fly around and they see God, they see another attribute of God and they can't help themselves but say, Holy, Holy, Holy 
Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. The whole earth is filled with your glory. And they fly around again and they see God again. And they struck with awe and they struck with wonder and amazement. And they can't help themselves but say, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. The whole earth is filled with the glory. You see, my dear friend, when you see him for who he is, you cannot stay the same. When you see him for who he is, you cannot desire the same things. For you see him and he will fill you with glory and grace. He will fill you with glory and honor. He will fill you with peace and joy because in his presence is fullness of joy. At his right hand there are pleasures evermore. So the Spirit of the Lord says, come. The Spirit of the Lord says, come. Draw near by the blood of the Lamb. Come, enter in as you are with your challenges, with your problems, with your confusion. For in the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy. In the presence of the Lord, things will never be the same. In the presence of God, your focus will change. In the presence of God, your understanding will change. In the presence of God, that which is unclear will become clear. Your sight will be restored. 2020 vision in the presence of God. He's going to bless you. He's going to surprise you. He's going to show up for you, through you, on your behalf. You will see it as His favor manifests in your life. All you have to do is be the person that God is seeking. Those who will worship Him, this invisible, amazing awesome, omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God, this God that you cannot see, but is more real than any human being on planet earth. All you have to do is position yourself in the throne of grace and worship and worship and worship and worship and worship. And as you worship, you will see, you will see, you will feel, you will know that your God is at work, that your God is on the move, that your God has not abandoned you, that your God has not forsaken you, that your God will work on your behalf, that your God has heard your prayers, that your God will reward those prayers you have prayed in secret. He will reward them publicly. These are the days where you will see a manifestation. These are the days where you will see your prayers answered and manifest in Jesus' name. These are the days that you will rejoice. Those who seek Him with all their hearts, Oh, they will be filled with joy, unspeakable joy, joy that does not come from this world, joy that comes from heaven above, joy that will well up in your spirit by the Holy Ghost, joy that will give you reason to love Him more and more and more, and you will join the choir in heaven, and you will cry, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come, the whole earth is filled with your glory. Again you will cry, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come, the whole earth is filled with your glory. The whole earth is filled with your glory. That means my life, my children, my business, my family, my world will be filled with your glory. Glory, glory, goodness, glory, goodness, glory, goodness, glory, goodness and mercy, glory, 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 as His story unfolds in your life. Hallelujah, glory. Oh, give Him glory. Give Him glory. Give Him glory. Come on there in Bluefoot. Get ready for Tuesday night. Come on. 
Wherever you are tonight, get ready for what God is doing tonight, what God is doing in your life, because there is a stirring, there is a sound. There is a sound, there is a sound, there is a stirring, there is a moving of the waters. Get ready, get ready, get ready. There is a stirring, there is a stirring in the wall, in the waters. There is a rustling in the mulberry trees. There is a time, a time, and I believe the time is now, 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 now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Lift your hands with me for a moment. Just lift your hands, worship Him as you would. Worship Him where you are. Worship Him. Just love on Jesus. Come on. Love Him. Love Him. That which He's doing in your heart, respond. Show me your glory. Show me your glory. Show me your glory. Come on, if you've never raised your hands, young person, lift your hands to him. Show me your glory. Show me your glory. More of you, Jesus. Show me your glory. Let the whole earth be filled with your glory. Show me your glory, Jesus. Come on, some of you pray in the Holy Ghost. Some of you sing. Do whatever the Holy Ghost is telling you to do. Come on, reach out to Him. Show me your glory. Show me your glory, Jesus. Show me your glory. Come on, the plans and the purposes God has for you, show me. Show me your plans, your purposes. Show me. Come on, young person, Johannesburg. Come on. Show me your glory. Hallelujah. 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 We worship you, Jesus. Come on, pastors, lift your hands in every church. Every church, come on, forget who you are. You be hungry for God right where you are, in that church where God has placed you. Show me your glory. Show me your glory. You know, the Bible calls Jesus the express image of the Father and God's glory revealed. Jesus, the person. 2,000 years ago, God sent His Son, Jesus, to show us His glory. 
and that was when at the birth of Jesus, the angels announced in Luke chapter 2, peace on earth and goodwill toward all mankind. That's God's will for you. And He sent His Son who died for you. He showed you the love that God has for you. If you want to experience God's glory, you have to surrender your life to Jesus Christ. And, and we spoke about worship here tonight. You know, worship starts with surrender. Where you give yourself to God or you give yourself back to God. You know, I grew up like many of you in this country. Your parents did. Wherever they are, no matter the color of their skin. We grew up a certain way in this country, which Satan is trying to steal from our young people. That's why I'm outspoken. We may not have been saved, but we were taught to reverence God. And we were taught the Word of God at school and in Sunday school. All this other nonsense was not around. And people had a love for God, a reverence for God. Many of you were raised by your parents in that way. But some of you have wandered away from God. Because you now have freedom. You're a student. And now you think life is great without God. No, it's not. Because this world really has nothing to honor you. It only has that which will rob you of God's glory and God's plan for your life. I want every head bowed, every eye closed in this place, Bloomington, in all the churches. Tonight you're standing here. And if you die tonight in the next 24 hours, you don't know that you would go to heaven. Maybe at one time you gave your life to Jesus, but you've grown cold and you've wandered away from Him. Maybe you're standing here tonight and you say, I realize I need to surrender my life to Christ. And as an act of worship tonight, I want to give everything to Jesus. Don't let your friend distract you now. That friend of yours that's been restless all night, don't let that demon in him distract you from giving your life to Christ. Don't. This is your moment where God is talking to you, knocking at your heart. And every human being knows when God deals with them. He's invisible, but He's more real than anybody else in this room. And you'll know in your heart, God's talking to me. I need to get right with God. And that's all God wants, your honest response. To say, I need you, Jesus, in my life. Or I want to come back to you, Jesus, like the prodigal son. That's all God wants from you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. The thousands in Bloemfontein, in Johannesburg, here in Pretoria, down there in Cape Town, in Potchefstroom, Kimberley, in Durban, wherever you are tonight, Vintuk, Khabarone. There's no distance in the realm of the Spirit. God's talking to you tonight. But the first call is a call of surrender. Where He calls you to come to Him. Partial surrender is no surrender. You're never going to experience the fullness of God until you surrender everything, your spirit, your soul, and your body, where you give yourself to Jesus. Tonight you're standing in this place, you say, you're talking to me. I need to get right with God. In all the churches, wherever you are tonight, God's talking to you. And tonight there's a stirring in your heart and you are saying tonight, I want to get right with God. Give my life to Jesus or I want to come back to Jesus tonight. If that's the desire of your heart, quietly, wherever you are, just raise your hand. I want to say a prayer for you quickly. Raise it up all over this place, lift it up. High, high, high. Lift it unashamedly. Raise it. Many hands. God bless you, bless you, bless you. Just put your hand on your heart tonight and uh, pray this prayer with me. Everybody in this place, pray it with me tonight and say this tonight. Say, Lord Jesus, 
you've touched me and I respond to your touch by giving myself back to you. Thank you for loving me just as I am. I believe with all my heart you are the Christ. I believe you died for my sin. I believe you rose from the grave and you are alive. Tonight, I call on your name. Jesus, save me. Wash me in your blood. Forgive my sin. Give me the power to live for you. Thank you for loving me just as I am. Thank you for a new beginning tonight as I give myself back to you, to follow you and to live for you, for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen and amen. God bless you. We hope you received exactly what God had in store for you from this week's message. If you have been touched by our ministry, you can help us achieve our mandate and win the lost at any cost by visiting our website at crcchurch.com. Thanks again for listening and God bless.